Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Ocean Protect podcast. Talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect, committed to change. Righto. Welcome. (laughs) Well, that was an entrance. (laughs) Welcome to welcome to the Ocean Protect podcast. Uh, Jeremy and I are very pleased to have very pleased, very pleased to have in our presence uh, a pretty influential person. I think it'd be fair to say, all the way from WA, uh, Rebecca Prince Ruiz. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Look, I've tried to uh, be a part of your organisation many years ago and do uh, a whole month. So let's just uh, start off with uh, Rebecca. What is the name of your organisation? Because it's pretty well known. So the um, the organisation that I run is the Plastic Free Foundation and it's a not-for-profit that's set up to deliver the Plastic Free July Challenge. So it's a behaviour change campaign that we run every year and it encourages people just to do a few things in their daily life to reduce their single-use plastic. Well, I was about to say, and, and I nearly put my foot in it, it's extremely hard. You know, if you go, I, I, this is a couple of years ago, I had a really good go at it. To well, live plastic-free or for, completely? or Well, just plastic-free July. We get yeah, yeah, the crack. Yeah. It's hard because of, 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 you know, all the stuff you see in plastic and if mm. you're not thinking about it, mm. yeah, it, it, it's, you know, day-to-day life, you, you know, you go, oh, wow, this stuff is everywhere. So... Well, look. Let's go back to basics. How how are you in charge of this? What I, I um you know I, I'm keen for the origin story as well. Like yeah, uh, like well, how did how did it all come about? Yeah, well, you know, it's it, it's an interesting story because, as you said, it is really hard. And if I knew how hard it was, I don't know if I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to think I was really good. So for me, it started when I went to a recycling facility and I just saw. Yeah how much waste we produce. And I'd always felt like really good about putting stuff in my my recycling bin, Mm. my yellow litter bin. Like I thought I was doing the planet a favour. And it's important to recycle but the most important thing we can do is not fill our bins and make that – and buy and use that stuff in the first place. So for me it wasn't starting a movement was, oh, my gosh, I need to consume and use less. And I didn't actually think it would be that hard. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> obviously, like, uh, if we talk about the three R's, if we talk about the Jack Johnson song for, for, for a moment, you know, the three R's, reduce, reuse, recycle. And we have actually just uh, – uh, we've got a podcast um, with the uh, girls from Tomra who are very much focused on appropriate recycling. But there's two steps before recycling, isn't there? And this is where, this is where you come along, isn't it? And you go, this is it. 
we've got to reduce particularly our use of plastics. So you went to a recycling facility. Yeah, when was this? Uh, back in 2011. And, it, and it's true. Like I was working in local government. I was working in waste education. We talk about reduce, reuse, recycle all the time. Mm. And what do we focus on? We focus on recycling. Totally. Yeah. And it's important, but the most important thing we can do is to reduce and, and reuse and really rethink what we're using. So in what capacity were you at this recycling centre? Like were you working for a group? I was working or? for local government. Right, right. And I in, think in what everyone capacity? should do it. So I was working in waste education. And, there you go. And for me, like I'd been to a landfill before, like as when I was a kid I used to go with my dad and yeah. landfills now are really well managed, but – you go to a recycling facility and you just see this huge volume of waste from one suburb, from one truck, from one one fortnight, one bin cycle, and it's massive. So that's interesting. Even someone in the area of waste education, your mind was blown going to one of these recycling centres and just recognising how much we are wasting. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as I said, I'd thought I was pretty good. I was too stingy to buy <laughs> water in a plastic bottle. I yeah. always took my own, I took my own bags. And when I had this flippant, I'm going plastic free next month, who wants to join me? Enlightened moment. <laughs> Is that how it started? That's how it started. That night I went to put my, I think it was a yogurt container in the bin and in, in my recycling bin, it went from this feel good moment, like I'm helping the planet to how did I come to have this item in the first place and wow. what choices could I have made differently and what other things could I have done to avoid it in the first place? So that was in 2011. You go, right, I'm going to go Plastic Free July and you just literally decided there and then because it was, what, you must have been in June? Like, is it, the it, reason you it, Yeah, it wasn't even that well thought through. It was, I'm <laughs> going Plastic Free next month. Who wants to And it just happened to be July. And it just happened to be July, like wow. crazy month. It's, you know, it's not great month for schools, yep. you know, in, in either hemisphere. It's my daughter's birthday in the first <laughs> week. I've always got to cater, yeah. you know, end of financial year. And, but, and, and so you've gone, okay, I'm going to go plastic free next month, which yeah. just happened to be July. Yeah. And you were like, oh, does anyone want to join me? And did you find that people did or do I think you were – well, because I was working in waste education, my, my two colleagues joined me and we ran a volunteer program and so it was just our our volunteers and a couple of us. So there were 40 of us that, that said, well, we're wow. going to give it a crack. And so that's, uh, that's say, what, eight years ago. That started with, what, three people and now how many people have you reached now? Oh, um, well, that, that's a whole segment, you know, because you yeah. just to put it in perspective. Like, how yeah. many? So, we numbers? went from 40 people that year to 400 in 2012 to 4,000, and now it's millions worldwide. Wow. And we'll be wow. launching those exact numbers mid June. Wow, wow. that that's is crazy. amazing. Going from just, hey, what can I do about this problem? And to yeah. have the have the guts and determination, which you probably didn't know what you were getting yourself into at that oh, point. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes but, ignorance is bliss, though, really. Like, you, you, if you yeah. knew, you wouldn't probably do it. So you're like, oh, well, just I'm, roll I'm the punches. going to give it a crack. Yeah. I mean, something for you, uh, Brad. Yes. Um, well, no, I mean, h- how do you, do you think, I mean, obviously I, I know you're an environmentalist at heart, but plastic waste uh, generally, yeah. how do you think about reducing that on a, on, on a daily or weekly basis? Yeah. And, and and obviously before meeting Rebecca and knowing about Plastic Free July, has it been something that's always been on your mind? I wouldn't say always. I think I think uh, I probably historically used to think, yeah, if I'm recycling, I'm doing the right thing. But um, I think in probably the last two or three years, I've, I have 
Uh, particularly getting more uh, awareness and sort of focus on on plastic pollution in our marine environment. I've gone, okay, look, I could probably do a lot better. And I have uh, just personally made a lot of choices in my own life that I think uh, have significantly reduced my plastic consumption. Like I look at my recycling bin nowadays and it really isn't that much stuff in there. So a whole bunch of stuff I do. So I just think of some things off the top of my head. So number one, I don't use plastic shopping bags i have the hessian uh, bags which i use all the time and they just seem to last and last and last uh i i don't have i don't use the single use water bottles or soft drink bottles what about or, glad wrap glad wrap no gone. i don't use glad, glad wrap glad wrap's no. gone it's one of those easy I, i've ones. always you thought glad wrap's a bit weird like why wrap stuff in plastic um uh, uh, and look um brings tupperware tupperware Mate, I, my, my cup is full of tupperware, tupperware. Exactly. i feel like i feel like a bit of a bit of a strange I don't know, guy saying I have a lot of Tupperware, but I have a lot of Tupperware <laughs> and I think it's great. I use it all the time. Um, oh, what else? Uh, I don't know. It's just something I'm, – I'm actually just conscious of it. Like I see – like in my day-to-day activities, I don't feel as though I use that much in the way of plastic at all. There's always – and if I do use plastic, it's almost never single-use plastic. I'd have to be almost dying of dehydration or pretty much very close to being very, very thirsty to want to grab a bottle well, of water out well, of the and, fridge. And, and, just on, the- and just on that, um, Rebecca, so, you know, I'll run a scenario by you. You're on a plane. Yeah. You're extremely thirsty. You don't have your single-use bottle with you, and down comes a little uh, water bottle, like 150 ml. Yeah. Oh, you, You've got to drink it if you're thirsty. I mean, what would you do in that circumstance? Oh, look, for me personally... I always remember my body yeah. because otherwise I, <laughs> I, I, otherwise I go thirsty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is and a little look, bit about planning ahead though, isn't it? You're it, right. It's absolutely about planning ahead. So I can show you my, um, you know, your, your Tupperware guy, I'm bag lady. <laughs> you <know? laughs> it, I'm, you know, about to jump on the plane after this and I've got my water bottle, yeah. I've got my bamboo spork and I've got my coffee cup. Doubles as you know, nice red wine yeah. receptacle yeah, yeah. as totally. well. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. <laughs> Almost yeah. one o'clock. But it's it's you know, look, I'm not perfect. We've probably reduced our plastics in our house by about eighty yeah. percent. But and there's things that you know, I've got teenage kids, yeah. and there's choices that we all make. But water bottles, you know, to be honest, that's one that we've nailed. Yeah, no, you really have. No, I was just on a plane the other day. I, I was flying from here to Coffs Harbour. Uh, I was a little bit dusty because it was. Uh, I, I had an event on the night before, and I had um, the film uh, a journalist <laughs> from Channel Nine, and we went up and did this thing about the, the turtles. And as this water, as the, the lady came down <laughs> with the water, I'm like, oh god, I'm with these journos, and I'm so parched. I really, but anyway, uh, the, the journalist took. She, she was the first one to grab the water bottle. I'm like, well, I'm grabbing one too. But <laughs> but it was just a really good reminder of like. What, why is this major airline supplying these really small little yeah. bottles for an hour flight? Like, yeah, it, look, it is odd. It, yeah. it just is odd. But anyway, let's go back to it. So you go from 400 people, 40 people one year, then 400 and so forth. You, you live in Perth and you've managed to create a, a beast, which is, you know, and, and I know you're going to release figures uh, in the coming weeks and months. But isn't it an amazing feeling what you've achieved? When you say millions of people uh, ha- have been involved with Plastic Free July, like in your wildest dreams, you've made a huge impact here in Australia and then now globally. And, you know, did you even know that? I mean, ha- ha- had no idea. And I think if I had tried and I'd wanted to start the global a global movement or start a campaign to educate people 
it wouldn't have happened. And I think because it's we didn't try to do that. We just tried to change ourselves mm. and our own behaviour. And it was, as you said, it's really, really hard. So in this community of people, we started sharing ideas. So someone would say, oh, you know, what do you do about pasta? And someone else would say, well, this brand comes in a cardboard box or this store sells it in bulk or here's my nonna's secret recipe, mm. don't tell anyone else yeah, yeah. or I'll kill you. <laughs> you know, and, and we shared that and then people took it further. They took it into their workplaces and their communities and their schools and then we shared those mm. ideas and that inspired others. So it was this real grassroots, um, bottom-up movement. And I think if we'd – I mean, obviously, this was nine years ago now. If I try, if I had this genius idea last year, I would have been mm. one of many people. And I think we were just a, a, ahead of the curve, mm. um, ahead of that wave – and it was the fact that it was just really simple. We didn't have a, uh, you know, we didn't start using for social media for the first couple of years, but when we did, that's really how it spread. Yeah. But it was like it wasn't. We're not focused on the problem. So many people are aware of the problem, and it's you know it's not okay with anyone. No one's okay with seeing those pictures of the turtles with mm. the straws up the nose or entangled in bags. Everyone's really concerned about it, and we were just focused on solutions. Mm, yeah, and it was—it wasn't about a few people doing everything. It was about everyone just doing something. Yeah. And if we yeah. all make a few changes, I think that's what adds up to yeah. a collective impact. And, yeah. and it's very important. You—you've you, touched on a um, or a notion that we, as an organisation, are, are grappling with. People know about the problem. You know, and if you go out there with a negative story, you don't get anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, right? and, and, and it makes sense. You know, you, we need to be showing this is what you've done so well. How can I make a difference? How can I, little old Jeremy mm-hmm. Brown, make a, a difference? And if the person next to me and the person next to me, and that is what blows my mind about Plastic Free July and how it's reached so many people. I mean, our office uh, are doing it, we're gearing up for it this year. And, you know, talking about, you know, things. And what it's also done, it's made us look around the office um, in our, um, our meeting room. We used to have Mentoses, you know, the little ones you get on planes. And then I, I, we're looking around, I'm like, we're not having any more of them ever. Because it's, mm. hey, little Mentos, you know, you're going off to a meeting. It's, it's just all single use, mm. you know, whatever. So it made us more aware. And next thing you know, it's, it's cool to talk. You know, people are going, <laughs> oh, hey, what about this? What about that? So I guess that's probably the empowering thing is it makes other people think about the issue. It's, you, you've, you've started a fire, really. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you've just made my day because I hate those mental <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I've, I've picked well, up way too many from beaches and well, streets. Well, that's the thing about like, like whilst we're trying to aspire to, I guess, a plastic-free lifestyle, I think if, if, if the vast majority can achieve a significant plastic reduction lifestyle instead of just – 10 people living completely um, plastic free, that's going to be far more effective. So, yeah, I look at myself, for example, and whilst I do a few things, and, I'm, and I, I mentioned, I forgot to mention how the, the bulk food shops you can go to nowadays, you, you don't have to, you can basically buy per weight for nuts and grains and, and other sort of pulses and stuff like that. And it's actually a lot easier nowadays. And I think that the reason why it is so easier because so many more people have actually been sort of demanding this sort of, that sort of way of uh, consuming products. It's still, for my mind, it's still uh, very difficult. I, I think it's very easy to actually achieve a significant reduction in plastic usage and particularly the plastics that we see in our waterways and in our storm retreat 
recyclable assets. You know, it's the classic cigarette butts, um, uh, plastic uh, single-use water bottles, uh, wrappers, bags, etc., uh, coffee cups. I think if we can reduce our consumption of those sort of key pollutants, for sure, like occasionally you might have to buy, say, I don't know, uh, uh, some frozen berries or, uh, or a packet of pasta that might come in plastic. But certainly if we can reduce or avoid our usage of the key pollutants uh, that are sort of more commonly used and often more commonly seen in our marine environment and our waterways, that, that can be a massive step in the right direction. Absolutely. Like I always say, it's really hard to do everything mm. and we can't all do everything but we can all do something. And the thing yeah. about those, like if, if you know, you, it's easy for me where I live to access bulk food stores because mm. there's a lot of like-minded people in the community mm. and there's plenty there. But for, in some areas there's not that option the thing about the straws and the water bottles and the coffee cups and the bags mm. and that that that, that single use packaging like mm. the the Mentos, mm. they're the things that we consume in public places. Totally, yeah. yeah. And they're the things that sure that I mean there is that there is intentional littering, but I think the thing we need to understand is that even if you don't mean to litter that item, and you've put it in the bin or the right mm. place because of this the nature of this material is so lightweight. It can blow out of that bin. Yeah. It can blow out of the truck, and and then once it's on the ground, it can so easily well, be that, transported that, and conveyed thing, into when, our when, waterways. Well, yeah. Us in our industry, being in stormwater and, and putting devices, and like I'd like it. And this sounds weird. If we didn't have a business, if if we didn't need to protect or adequately protect our waterways from all types of pollution. So like if we went out of business because it's all sorted, great, bang, done. Mm. But the reality is. There's unintentional littering that happens every day. And we walked around, Brad, um, with Reed looking at some rain gardens just around the corner in a highly urbanised area. And we were shocked at the amount of litter on the ground. And we remember at the street, we're like, why is there so much litter? And then you look over there, there's two big rubbish bins turned upside down. Obviously wind-blowing litter. Mm. And, and, And a lot of people don't think that happens. Trucks. You know, all that type of stuff, whether you intentionally mean to do it or not, it, it can still get out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I, I've done been involved in quite a few marine debris research expeditions mm. and I've done beach cleanups and I've done audits. And the thing that motivates me to actually reduce and avoid buying this stuff in the first place is exactly that. Mm. You know, if I can say no to that water bottle and that bag and that coffee cup – then there's no way that that that, that it's going to end up as litter in in the environment. And I think the more we have that as a mindset, sure there might be better alternatives. And yes, you know, maybe a, a paper bag won't have the same litter impact as a as a plastic bag. But the most important thing is that if if we reduce it and we don't use it in the first place, it's not going to end up as a problem, whether it's in our environment or within our waste management systems. And so, what's what's what is the what are the key focus areas for Plastic Free uh, the Foundation? Is it are you focusing your attention on individuals, or are you also looking at sort of how businesses and and other sort of industries can reduce their plastic usage, or is it you're spreading yourselves all over, or or what? Yeah, good question. So, so really, the heart of the campaign is around changing behaviour. So it's around the individuals taking steps in their lives. So that's the Plastic Free July Challenge, but then the foundation does support people to then take it into their businesses and take it into their workplaces and their schools. And I really love that story that you shared, Jeremy, about the Mentos because it's not 
our approach isn't prescriptive. So it isn't to say, right, Ocean mm. Protect, here you go, you want to do Plastic Free July, here's a 65-page style <laughs> guide on how to use our logo and 20-step program yeah. you need to go through to detox. It's look for opportunities to reduce single-use plastic in your organisation. And I really think it's got to start with changing ourselves, looking at our own behaviour. And totally. You know, I've been to too many w- meetings about how are we going to educate the public on reducing plastic and, and they've got polystyrene cups. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, we've got to change ourselves. We've got to start at home yeah. and then look look at the low-hanging fruit. What is the plastic in your office, in your life, in your bin and what can you do first? So, you well, yeah, well, but you're right. And, and then by, by looking at yourself and saying, no, I choose not to buy that because it's made out of single use – Supply and demand, all of a sudden their sales drop yeah. because no one's buying it. So mm. it forces the big mm. brands to, to make change. Now, I'm not sure on the stats on the big brands, but I saw something on, on uh, social media today where they've taken a Coke can. Sorry, Coca-Cola, but anyway, I'm going to bag you. <laughs> where where, where they've, they've taken a Coca-Cola can, they have sandpapered the, uh, the red paint off, and then they've put it in drain cleaner. And this is, I've just watched this an hour ago. And when they've pulled pulled it out, it's actually lined with plastic. Did you know really? that? I, uh, Aluminium can of Coca-Cola is lined in plastic. I, I'm telling you, this wow. is a scoop. I've just seen it on. <laughs> scoop, you heard it here. No, I'm going to find it. But yeah. look, but, but what I'm saying is, is these big brands are either going to have to get on the boat yeah. or, you know, people, people will start going, no, and... Yeah, you but know, these big brands will change when cons- when, when individuals consu- exactly. are, are demanding Supply it or insisting it, and and they're not silly. Like uh, Adidas have done a really good job of of, of reusing, reusing a whole bunch of recycled plastic in their sneakers, for example. But um, and obviously, I think there's a few other sort of big sort of food groups that are sort of changing the way they do their pa- packaging and stuff. Actually, on the on the topic of packaging, actually, I've, I've I've read a little bit about biodegradable plastic. Is biodegradable plastic a good thing or or or, or not? Well. Sorry, before you answer that, that's a leading question. So the other day, Brad and I are sitting out in the office and we've got uh, plastic shrink wrap around our pallets that go out. And for years, we've been looking for an alternative because it, it's, it's a necessity. So we found a company out of Melbourne called Biogon uh, and we now shrink it with uh, biodegradable plastic. Now, that, that's landfill acceptable. Now, it's not the best. You know, it's not the best solution at all, but it is a, um, a plastic sh- a shrink wrap that will break down very quickly compared to other stuff. And then Brad and I were sitting there before and going, well, well, hold on, in theory, every bit of plastic is biodegradable. It yeah. just takes 450 million years for it. You know, like, yeah. so what are your thoughts on that? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I always think I actually prefer to use the term breaking up. Yep. Because, you know, organic material breaks down into soil matter. But what really what happens with, with plastics by and large is they're just breaking up. And yes, they might that might happen over a couple of hundred years, but it's just into smaller and smaller mm. pieces. So the whole issue of alternatives to single use plastics is fairly complicated. Mm. And one of the challenges is the lack of use of 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 labels and standards mm. around it. So, you know, from from my perspective, the more it says eco friendly, good for the planet, yeah. pictures of green trees, yeah. the more skeptical yeah. I am. So, look, there are standards around compostability, whether it's home compostable or, or compostable in industrial-scale composting facilities. With bioplastics, it depends and it's often there isn't a standard that is applied. It is different terminology that's that's used by different companies. So you need to kind of look into each mm. product um, on an individual we basis. Looked, we, it's very hard to find yeah. um, it, it, environmentally friendly products sometimes. I mean, like my poor operations guy, Adrian McNally, Irish guy, a bit of a shout out to him. <laughs> I mean, he was nearly going to like resign because every day I'm like, we are not sending pallets out with bloody plastic wrap around them and calling yeah. ourselves Ocean Protect, yeah. we might as well just throw it straight in the ocean. So, yeah. you know, that's really interesting you say that. I mean, and, and, and look, to be honest, I believe them. I was just like, yes, biodegradable. Like, we, we need to look into it. Yeah. You yeah. know, the different the, the, if there are no standards. I mean, mm. I read an interesting article in The Guardian last week and they'd had a scientist who put a biodegradable plastic bag in the ocean and pulled it out several years later and it hadn't significantly oh, really? changed wow. much. Wow. But – you know, oh, so there we're, is. We're going to have to get Rebecca to review our biodegradable <laughs> plastic. And well, look, you know, and there is, there are, you know, look, you look at the whole healthcare industry and the medical industry. Like, mm. there's certain plastics that, sure. or there's certain material items that plastic is the best material sure. for. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, they by and large don't tend to be the stuff that's used out in public yeah. that can easily yeah. end up as litter. Yeah. And that's that's the stuff we need to, I think, focus on yeah, first. absolutely. And then the other stuff, look at, well, what what is the best material for the job and how are we going to dispose of that and how, most importantly, are we going to keep this material in our economy so it's circular and it's yep. not single use. And, and look, look, so Plastic Free July is just around the corner. So how do they actually start? So we often kind of get compared to Dry July. But the thing about oh, Dry right. July is... I'm not doing that one. <laughs> yeah, well, it is my main having a glass of red wine, Mark. Um, yeah. The thing about, you know, if you're doing an alcohol challenge, you just say no if you get offered a drink and you don't buy it. But the thing about the, the single-use plastics is they, as you said, they're such a ubiquitous part of your life. And we don't even realise that how much they are a part of our life until we take on a challenge like this. So I always say we've got lots of tips and ideas and stories on our website, so head there, get some ideas. What's your website? Sorry, give it a plug. Plasticfreejuly.org. And we'll include that in the show notes, folks. Oh, thank you. Head there, sign up for the challenge because you might be the only person out of your family or your house or your friends that are doing it and doing it in a community 
then you're supported, then you've got ideas and people find that really helpful. And then we always say, and it's not about having to do everything or having to do the whole month. Give it a go for a day or a week and look at what are the look in your bin, see what plastics are in your own life and choose one or two things. Don't try and start with everything because that can be really disillusioning and and prepare. And, you know, for a lot of us, the basics, the water bottles and the coffee cups, etc. Like we've actually got all of that stuff, but they're only reusable if you need if you remember to bring them with you. Yeah. So mm. put your bags in your car, put your keep cup in your in in your work bag and don't leave it at home and you know, actually buying a new reusable bag every single time you go shopping isn't also part of the solution. Yeah, yeah, no, that that and because look at the whole pla- look at the whole Coles and Woolies things. Now they're just making stronger plastic bags. Like you go there and go, oh, I forgot it. Well, now you've got heavy duty plastic bags that are never ever going to break down. It's it, it is quite phenomenal. But just going back and picking up on what you said there, sometimes and especially being an environmentalist, you know, for, for the people in the public, they go, oh, this this is just too hard. The, the world's buggered. You know, what are we going to do? And it's those very fundamental, simple things that are so effective. And that's why you've had the success, I, I, in my view, is it's just that simple message. Say no to single-use plastics in July. You know, and, and it is hard. But if people start and give it a go, at least it's making them aware. It's like me with the Mentos things. It's exactly mm. it. You start thinking, well, gee, what about that? What about that? What if, You know, and that's, I think, the real power of what you've created is that thought-provoking initiative and who knows where it's going to go i mean you, you you're going to be secretive on some figures you're going you're gonna to give us any like little clues before <laughs> it but when you said before you've met millions of people could you shed any more light on that before you the official release of the data? oh sneaky yeah so our our, our i'll share the australian figures so, okay, so awesome. last year we had two million people two what? million people in australia two million people in australia what? Hang on, how many that's, people in Australia? There's 26 million in Australia? That's nearly 10%, that's only 10% of the population. Yeah. Just from wow. uh, little old Rebecca getting frustrated one day at a local recycling centre yeah. and all of a sudden 10% of the population are doing plastic free oh, July. Wow, that, that is, is unbelievable. You're going to be an Australian of the year, so you know that. <laughs> and I'm not sure, you probably, it's really hard to quantify, but the just the obviously the sheer mass of plastic that would have been reduced, that, you know, stop going to landfills, stop going to our oh, waterways. I mean, that's almost, the mind would boggle. Well, I guess, you think about this, I mean, you've probably got some sums on it. I don't know if you're prepared to share it. Like, yeah, ab- absolutely. Oh, right. And and it's so, so we do, like, it's a behaviour change mm. campaign and we measure people's behaviour and their consumer choices before they do the challenge and then after a, a month after they've finished and that's around their consumer choices and behaviours and also waste production. Mm. And the really pleasing thing, because obviously even though we're plastic-free July, we don't want people to... Stop at July. To 1st no. of <laughs> August, it's um, business as usual, but the really encouraging thing is about 90% of people who participate in the challenge adopt new behaviours that they continue mm. beyond beyond the month of July. And and I think it's, a re- it's really important that when we're wanting to make change, of of not only keeping it at that simple, you know, easy to adopt but actually measuring what is the impact because, you know, you do a beach clean-up and you can say, well, we picked up this many pieces and it's this many tonnes. Well, we've now started to measure that for the campaign because at the end of the day, 
It's great to have social media reach. It's great to have all those pe people participating. But unless there's less waste going into the bins, you know, as far as I'm concerned, we're not making a difference. And it's data. You, you and, need it, and it's data. So the average from our participants, the average household would reduce their waste by about 7 to 8%. Right, wow. And, and that's just their at-home general waste and, yeah, and it's slightly less than and that. And so, look, at, thinking bigger picture, so you've, you've managed to – gather two million supporters in the space of, what, nine years. You know, I think a lot of politicians would be pretty happy about that. So <laughs> there's an opportunity there for maybe one day, if you hypothetically speaking, if you were, if you were President uh, Rebecca or Prime Minister Rebecca, leader, uh, Chief of Staff or leader of the free world, or at least in Australia, what in, or in Australia, what sort of legislation changes or incentives would you want to impose in your reign as plastic-free Prime Minister of Australia? Oh, you know, apart from world peace. <laughs> world peace. Yeah. Look, I think one of the really critical things that we need to start seeing is this behaviour change is great. People are already aware, they're concerned and they've spoken. What we need to make sure is that, that we get business on board and that we keep plastics a useful material, but when we use it, we've got to keep on reusing it. And I think we've got these great challenges to our recycling industry. I think we need to have minimum mandated recycled content mm -hmm. in all of our packaging and production. Okay, so if anyone, if you're going to produce a new product, you have to have a minimum requirement, yeah. well, which makes sense. Minimum proportion of, yeah. of recycled yeah. that makes sense. So yeah. you, you, go back to, you go back to your plastic water bottle yeah. and all of this packaging, they've all got that recycling symbol yeah. on it. We all feel great. I felt great because yeah. I could put it in my recycling bin and it would be recycled. But the problem is, and this figure blows me away, of all the plastic we've ever made on this planet, we've recycled 9%. Wow. And so of that 9%, average. we've recycled 10% more than once. And it's... It's not that it can't be recycled. It's all recyclable, but it's not being recycled because it's cheaper and easier yes, for manufacturers yeah. to use virgin content. Mm. So they all want to make it. Our councils and our governments are responsible for recycling it. And, and as a rate payers, we're paying that cost, but they've got to use it again. And if they have to use it again, then you're getting that pull through of the market we, and um, that supports the recycling industry. Mm. We had a podcast with uh, a couple of lovely ladies from Tomra today just talking ex you know, exclusively about the container deposit schemes and some of the facts and figures that are, that are getting blown around, like like education on contamination. So if you, if you, don't, if, if you crush a uh, plastic uh, container, it then therefore can't be recycled. I never knew that. Did you? No. You know, if you if there's any, well, I knew about liquid being in there, but and and if you if you think about what you're doing in your neighbourhood, if you recycle in your bin and it's absolutely perfect, then the the the, um, the waste uh, removalists come down and they they get your stuff and put it in. If your neighbour stuffs it up a bit, it contaminates the whole thing and it can't be recycled. I I, I just never knew that, you know. And so part of you know what I think you have achieved, and a part of what's going on is is education, guys. You know, and and usually once people are informed, they make behavioural changes. Is that what you see? Yeah, de definitely. And 
And that also kind of brings back to that point of the, the need for, for our governments to take responsibility mm. and to have these policies because the container mm. deposit scheme is a beautiful example of mm. that extended producer responsibility. And what we see with those schemes is you get 40% less litter in the environment yeah. on average, but you're also getting a really clean stream of high-value recycling from those containers, which then feeds back into that loop, closes the loop, and here's a, a great clean source of uncontaminated recycling. It's very high can, value too. It's very, very high value. You know, like that's what they said this morning, they echoed that. They're like, all of a sudden we're producing a product that the demand's there because it's that, you know, high value. So just going back to it, what what type of steps – uh, obviously, people people with an organisation like yours, when you've got two million people that are doing it every year, can you shed any light on what some politicians are, are saying? Because obviously, if you're voicing this on a podcast, you've obviously, you know, talked to to local governments and whatever. You know, is that something achievable? Can we can we force big business to to as you say come up with uh, a minimum requirement for recycled material within their products? Absolutely, it's something we can do, and I think. I don't think we're going to be able to deal with these challenges in our recycling industry and our waste industry until we get to that point. And, the, you know, I, I think one of the beautiful things about Plastic Free July is that there's no one that can't do it. And so I always say it doesn't matter who you are, where you live in the world, what your circumstances are, you can't all do everything but you can all do something. And it's been really heartening to see at a personal level, politicians from on, on, on both sides actually personally participating in the campaign and, and we've seen it time and time again and had a number of conversations of them promoting it within their communities and the Australian community has listened. 90% of us say they're concerned about plastic waste and wow. in our landfills and plastic litter ending up in our environments and our ocean. The people are already concerned you know, 85% of people support a plastic bag ban. So let's 85%. Act. 85%. 85%. That's wow. West Australian figures. Not sure what's yeah, happening okay. here in New South Wales. So in, 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 the, in the reign of plastic-free Prime Minister Rebecca, is that one of the key changes you'd like to see uh, national, nationwide? Absolutely. And, yep. these, and we do need to shift towards making that level playing field mm. and, and having these policies at a national level and not trying to – um, mess around and each state mm. has its own yeah, piece it's crazy, of legislation. Yeah. But the people are already concerned. Like to get 85 and 95% of support on issues and we know well, Again, what Prime we, Minister Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. We know what we need to do. You've got support. No one's okay with this problem. So now we need to act and and we need to have solutions that fit the problem and solutions that, you know, this isn't, this isn't you know, the waste that you're picking up in those stormwater drains, mm. it's 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 the waste that, that was created by producers. Mm. It's the waste that was used by us as consumers. Mm. So we all need to be part of the solution. Oh, totally. We, re- we recognise that ourselves. We recognise that whilst we intercept and are other sort of the last, uh, I guess, lifeguards uh, trying to protect our oceans from the scourge of uh, pollution, if, if we don't have to... Um, be there and actually collect pollution in the first place. If, if people aren't throwing wrappers and and uh, discarding plastics on on the road and car park areas and, and whatever, if we don't, if that pollution isn't being uh, flowing into our waterways or into our drains, 
We'd, we'd love to be out of business, wouldn't we, Jeremy? But the reality well, is... Well, th- that's it. We put ourselves out of business, we're done. But yeah. the reality is education takes a long time. Yeah. Behavioural change takes a long time. And at the end of the day, we're always going to need to protect our waterways. But, hey, sure, if we didn't have to go and clean plastic out of our eight gully baskets, we've got other contaminants to worry about. But plastic for us, for, and Rebecca, uh, it's given us a voice mm. at Ocean Protect because it's visible. You know, people can go, oh, hey, I can see that rubbish there. You know, there's lots of invisible pollution that we really concentrate on. So you say it takes, you say it takes a long time, but I, I, I agree to some extent. But we've also made some significant progress. I mean, you only have to look at the numbers that, uh, that uh, Rebecca's managed to sort of um, how, how plastic free July has managed to grow just within Australia alone. Uh, I honestly think it's a real positive news story. I think the fact that so many people are getting on board, adopting a, a plastic, a more plastic uh, reduced lifestyle, recognizing the connection that they have in their data activities on the environment and our and our waterways, I think it's a real positive. I think I'm we're not, actually. Hey, I'm not saying it's yeah. not. I'm just saying uh, it takes time to get. Uh, not too many. And there's 26 or 27 million Australians, <laughs> right? We need them all to be doing that. And even once they're all reducing their single-use plastic, you also have accidental litter, wind litter. You know, so and and so, what's the next step? So, yeah, okay, we're, if we're we're concerned about the future, what's the next sort of? Is there a five-year, ten-year plan for plastic or is just sort of uh, organic growth as as per previous? I oh, know we're we're really focused on, and we've just done a um, a rebrand, and we're going to um, launch our new website in the middle of June, and we're really focusing on getting the message out there to the mainstream audience and sharing stories, sharing stories of what people have done at home, what they've done at school, what they've done at work, um, and in their offices and in their cafes to really make it easy for people. So that's really going to be our big push. And I just wanted to kind of go back quickly to yeah, the sure. – because um, I'm a little bit ob- bit obsessed with the old um, stormwater drains myself, actually. <laughs> but I, And I think like one of the – like I totally agree with you. So I think one of the things about this plastics is, is it is visual. And it's a bit I – th- I think people have connected with it and, you know, no one likes mess – in, in their house and we, we want to clean up mess and I think plastic the plastic pollution issue is this great gateway into a raft of other environmental mm. issues because, you know, I know for myself since I've started trying to avoid plastic packaging, I'm forced to buy fresh local mm. produce that has less food miles and it's unpackaged and I'm supporting local producers and growers. So everything's connected and as you say, you know, it's you can see the the plastics that are ending up in our in our drains and in our rivers and in our ocean, but what else are we putting in there mm. that we can't mm. That we can't see, and it's um, it's and I think that's really it is scary. But it's like we've we we can tackle the plastics issue and use that as a gateway to start looking at other issues. Now, I I said this this morning, and this is not going to by the time this has actually gone to air, I will have done. But uh, I'm going to trademark I love plastic because you know, like you say, I love New York. Well, I love plastic because it's controversial. And, and people go, why do you love plastic? Because it's giving the world a voice about what we're doing. We're going to look back in 50 years' time and go, plastic, well, we sorted that out. But as you just said, it's, it's opening people's eyes and making them think, you know, mm. what else are we doing to our bodies, to our communities? What else are we doing to this lovely, magnificent earth that we're on? 
and it is giving us a voice. And you, uh, the, the 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 champion, and you're the. You're, the, the Prime Minister of Plastic. <laughs> you are the uh, the, the uh, elected Prime Minister of Plastic Free in Australia, so congratulations on that title. Um, and just just getting back to, I guess, just keeping it very simple for our listeners out there. So what is the – if they're all keen to jump on this we Plastic Free – We certainly don't band, have too many listeners. <laughs> if, if they're keen to jump on this Plastic Free uh, bandwagon and or keen, keen to celebrate the sort of success that they're having in their own lives, what should they do? They should choose one thing. So they should choose whether it's one plastic you're going to avoid or whether it's that you're always going to remember your bags this month or your coffee cup because it's about forming new habits or there's something that you've heard on this podcast today or another Ocean Protect podcast and that that has shocked you and motivated you to act, share that with one person. And I think if we all just keep it simple and we just do one thing, that's going to add up to make a difference. That's really good advice, Rebecca. Pick one thing and tell one person. It is as simple as it is. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure um, for the listeners here. Rebecca's been uh, around Sydney and Ubers. But look, from the bottom of our hearts, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Your work, as you know, we, we, <laughs> we're going to do a Plastic Free July in our office, but how many other people that we can try and get on the bandwagon Good luck for the launch of the new website. Looking forward to hearing some worldwide figures from you in mid-June. And like always, would you come back and have a chat, uh, you know, maybe next year and tell us about what you've learned from Plastic Free July 2019? Absolutely, as long as you tell me what you did in your office. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you'll, you'll, be, you'll be seeing what we do in our office. We're going to be documenting it. So, um, And look, uh, Rebecca, it has to be said, congratulations on the incredible success yeah. of this little initiative that started in a recycling centre in WA in, in what, eight or nine years ago. So, so awesome work and I cannot wait to see uh, what you achieve in the future. Thank you and thanks for being part of it and to helping that make it that happen. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.